Welcome to the Sexy Selfish Podcast Series. I'm your host, Shona Gates. I'm a women's life coach, success strategist, and a self-proclaimed badass. And I'm here to help you rediscover your authentic self, stop delaying your happiness, and step into your truth. This podcast has been created to connect, inspire, and nurture mums who want more. Are you ready? I'm finally doing it. I'm sitting down to record the podcast that you have all been asking for. Today's topic is my diagnosis with ADHD. My inbox has been literally flooded over the past few months as I've shared tiny snippets of what honestly has been a really long and really winding, really exhaustive journey to get to this point. And I'm at the point now where the inboxes are so full that I'm like, guys, I'm going to do a podcast on this. I'm going to write a blog. It will all come out and you can go and check it out there. Um, Because I know so many of you have so many questions. Want to know who I went with, what the signs were for me, what the diagnosis process was like. And I want to help as much as I can. Um, But it's like a full-time job replying to my DMs right now. So we're going to record a podcast and then it'll be here for anyone, anytime to reference. So I just want to start by saying I kind of got flagged for ADHD before it became a a trend on TikTok, right? And it's not that there's anything wrong with people looking at the TikToks and being like, oh my God, this is me. I need to go look into this further. That's amazing. It's spreading awareness and everything. And I know we're very quick to judge and assume that everyone is self-diagnosing from TikTok. And it's just not the case. So I want to share a little bit of my story. So Holly, my daughter, she's eight years old. And last January, we started seeing a pediatrician, an amazing pediatrician. I'm super happy to refer her. If you're interested, it's Dr. Kathy Lee at Sunshine Pediatrics. I always shoot myself in the foot here by referring everyone to her. And then I can't get in to see her when I need to. But at the same point, I'm so glad parents are accessing support for their kids that they need. Dr. Kathy Lee, Sunshine Pediatrics. She started seeing Holly. And she said the very first session, Holly had been in there 10 minutes. And Dr. Kathy said, I think we're looking at um, anxiety for one, ADHD, and possibly ASD as well. And I went, ADHD? Oh, I don't know about that one. And Dr. Kathy kind of said, she hasn't sat still in one spot since she's got here. She's fidgety. She's highly anxious. She's stimming. She goes a million miles an hour. You say she never stops. She literally like does flips in the handstands and in the kitchen until 10.30 at night. She has to go on medication to go to sleep at night. Um, and I was like, well, yeah, but I don't think that's ADHD. <laughs> and so Dr. Kathy started explaining further that the anxiety stems from her masking the ADHD symptoms and the fidgeting and the anxiety is also stemming from that. And she kind of started to explain the way an ADHD girl's brain works at Holly's age, that she'd be a high performance and a high achiever and find learning really easy and finish her work before everyone else and thrives in states of responsibility. And I was kind of going, yeah, but that's normal, Dr. Kathy. That's exactly what I did as a kid. Like I was exactly the same. I was high achieving and highly intelligent, highly gifted on every committee, taking extra classes, like needs to constantly be busy. 
And I'm like, that was just like me as a kid. Like I was always doing a million things at once. I was never happy sitting still. I was a little bit of an introvert, but then once you got talking to me, I was very much an extrovert. And Dr. Kathy's kind of looking at me as I'm explaining that, oh, these are normal things. Everyone's brain works like that. Everyone does that. Like that's totally normal. I was the same as a kid. And Dr. Kathy's just looking at me with this look on her face like, oh, hun. And she's looking at me and I'm looking back at her going and she's waiting for the penny to drop. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God. And I grab Aaron's knee. He's sitting next to me in, in the waiting room in, in the office. Sorry. I'm like, oh my God, I have ADHD. And Dr. Kathy just started laughing because I was having such trouble wrapping my head around the fact that this was going on for Holly and this actually had a name and it was a thing. And this is what ADHD looked like because it was normal for me. I always thought it was normal to be going at a million miles an hour and doing a million things and finishing 40 hours of work in four hours compared to everyone else and being able to thrive and learn and and take new opportunities, but struggling a little bit with social stuff. I just thought that was normal. I thought that was how everyone's brain worked. And so I had this big paradigm shift in this appointment with my daughter where the pediatricians just looked at me, like reached over and tapped my hand and said, it's okay. Yes. ADHD can often be genetic and sometimes it takes a little bit longer to be diagnosed in women. And I'm just like, well, yeah, 30 years longer. (laughs) So that was kind of this trigger point. This is about nearly two years ago um, when I really had this like, oh my God, my brain is not necessarily working the way everyone else's brain is. So the more we learn about Holly's ADHD, the more I research into that, the more we implemented strategies that definitely helped her, <laughs> like massive improvements. She started on medication. So Holly um, currently takes the Advance, which is a kind of like slow release ADHD medication. Um, so once she started on that and we saw rapid improvements, rapid within like a couple of days. No, the first day actually Holly's like, mommy, my brain feels so quiet. My brain feels like it's working. Can I can I take this every day? Can I, do I get to keep taking this medication? We're like, if you want to, baby, of course you can. So she started on medication. We saw such a rapid shift in her anxiety levels and her stress and, and everything. And my husband's kind of saying to me, he's like, Shona, I don't think you're anxious. I think you're constantly battling your own brain with ADHD. And it's like my superpower in one sense, because I achieve amazing things. And my hyper-focus has led to things like me writing books and all this crazy stuff. But at the same point, it also causes a lot of anxiety and trouble sleeping and my brain never turns off and like an addiction almost to things that give me dopamine, like like sex and like work. So <laughs> once I figured out the whole like hypersexual side of ADHD as well, that explained a lot a lot within my relationship and my own body. Like I'm constantly dopamine seeking. Like I will go for sex like two or three times a day, (laughs) which has taken a little bit to like build up my husband's stamina to get that point, like, like two a days, three days. Um, but I was like using him like medication, like that dopamine of having sex was kind of rewiring and what my brain needed to feel grounded and calm. Um, so it was been an interesting learning journey. Anyway, in December last year, I went to my local GP and had an appointment and requested a kind of investigation into ADHD symptoms. And they did the whole like, well, you don't look like you've got ADHD. You're a very successful woman with two companies and three kids and you seem to be managing life quite well. And they weren't going to give it to me. They wanted me to see a counsellor for anxiety. And I'm like, I've seen counsellors on and off for anxiety since I was 12, like that continues to not solve the problem. 
here. I live in a constant high level of stress because I'm constantly battling my brain. My brain seems to overcomplicate things that other people don't have to think about. Um, And so I learned a lot about it. And also, you know, we think ADHD is this big fidgeting, jumping around the room, bouncing, hyperactive. And I learned very quickly as a young girl that that type of behavior wasn't okay. So I learned to pull my hair out, chew my nails, pick at my skin, like pick at the fingers around my nails, like play with my hair, all those things that were more subtle and didn't get picked up. But I can't, I can't sit still. Even right now I'm playing with my shoelace. And I think once I've called awareness to this, <laughs> I started seeing more and more and more and more. And I wasn't really, I wasn't on TikTok until a couple of weeks ago, honestly. So a lot of the ADHD focused content, I didn't actually see. Whereas now I'm like diagnosed and I'm seeing it in in that content. I'm like, oh my God, this is like so helpful. (laughs) So much of this is I understand and relate to. Um, So the first doctor I see wouldn't give me a referral to go anywhere. The second doctor that I saw back in February this year. So I like gave it a couple of months, sorted my stuff out, went back again, saw a different doctor and said, you know, this is what I want. I was going in for a referral to a new gynecologist, a referral for ADHD. And I knew exactly the doctor that I wanted to see because a friend of mine had also seen him. So this time I was going in a little bit more empowered. I had a name, a specific name, Dr. George Strobel. I wanted to see him. I'd heard wonderful things. He is an ADHD focused specialist psychiatrist who just specializes in diagnosing ADHD and working with people in that sense. So I knew that was who I wanted to see. Um, They reluctantly gave me the referral. (laughs) They gave me the referral with all the wrong addresses on it. So when I eventually got it, Dr. Strobel's rooms couldn't take it. So I had to go back to them again and say, can you please put the right address? I literally wrote it on a post-it note and like pretty much slammed on her forehead and said, get it right. Um, I eventually got the referral that I needed And I looked, I called Dr. Strobel's rooms through public system. And it was about a six month wait to see him public system. And I understood that that was an option. And I understood I've gone 30 years without being diagnosed. So another six months wasn't the worst case scenario. But I also saw the difference that medication and diagnosis made for my daughter, Holly, like a massive difference that she spent so many years in a state of severe rage and frustration at herself. And it was this deep self-loathing almost to a point where she would say sometimes I don't want to exist anymore this is too hard I can't do this I can't get it right and you know we've we've been in deep therapy for years with Holly and the minute she took this medication the self-loathing just went away because things were working right she could think and process and understand and relate to other people and that sense of relief that she got from medication I was like no I want to move forward with this a little bit faster than waiting six months so And I recognize the privilege in that, in being able to pay privately to have this assessment done. I'm certainly not ignorant of the fact that that's not an option for everyone. Um, I was lucky enough that, you know, I can pay for that easily. That's not a problem for me. So I went to his, I guess you would call it a private practice. It's not a, I wouldn't, like it's a difficult thing to say, but we paid for it privately. I didn't wait on the public system. I still got a Medicare rebate because I had the referral. And basically I decided to go through his online telehealth ADHD diagnosis program, which is Arcadian Health or Arcadian Health, I think. I'll try and put the link in the show notes for you all. But basically it's an online system where you go in, upload your referral, put all your information in there, pay, I think it's $495 when I did it. And don't quote me on that. I'm not sure what it is today. 495 and then you're within like 
a couple of days, you've got someone calling you back to make an appointment. So the ADHD diagnosis for me was split up into two sessions. So the first session was with a mental health nurse. She was brilliant. The second session was with Dr. Dor George Strobel. So the first session I had, I had booked within two weeks of my referral getting sent off to them and paying the $4.95, which, in, which that covers both appointments. Um, so I paid the $4.95, sent my referral in. Within two weeks, I was booked to have this hour session with the mental health nurse. At that point, I'm still kind of even in my head thinking, I'm like totally gaslighting myself. I'm thinking this is not a real problem. I'm kind of imagining this. It's actually not that bad. You know, um, I bet I don't really have, I've probably just got like a little bit of OCD and anxiety. And so I had this session with the mental health nurse and it was quite profound. Like she went into deep into family history stuff, you know, habits around sleep and sex and everything. She really collected a lot of information and it was a good appointment. I felt really good after it, but towards the end, I'm like, so do you think I need that second appointment or, um, like, am I just kind of, you know, looking at nothing here and I'm just totally okay? <laughs> She's like, to be honest, we didn't need to ask you any questions. And I went, what? She's like, you've fidgeted the whole time. You swung on your chair. You pulled apart two pens and constantly flicked a bulldog clip while I've been asking you questions. And she's like, without even asking you a question, it's very evident to me that we're dealing with ADHD. And I went, oh my God, it was just so, I hadn't even noticed that. I had not even realized and I looked down at the desk in front of me and for sure there was like two completely pulled apart pens, bulldog clip, like chewing gum wrappers. Everything was around me that I was using to be able to focus on talking to her. I had to be stimulated in other areas. Um, and we kind of both had a laugh about that. She's like, no, let's definitely get you booked in for your second diagnosis appointment. <laughs> so even up until that moment, I think I was kind of gaslighting myself a little bit with it and going, oh, it's all in your head. Like, it's not actually that bad. It's not a big problem. Like you're going to waste all this money and they're going to tell you you don't have it and it's, and it's totally fine and get on with your life, Shona. So the next appointment to see Dr. George Strobel was, I think it was about five weeks after the first one, just purely because he's so heavily booked, which I totally understood. I, you know, either way, it was still better than six months wait. So about five weeks later, I had my appointment with Dr. Strobel. It was very early in the morning. It was like 8.30 in the morning. So I looked a mess, turned up for this appointment and I was honestly so impressed with him. I've dealt with a lot of specialists over the years. I have a myriad of health problems that I don't really like to focus on or talk about too much, but I've dealt with a lot of specialists and some of them are so quick to jump to medication. And then some of them are so hesitant to give you medication whatsoever based, I think, in their own personal biases and judgments. But Dr. George was just, he was completely open to me and what was I currently doing to kind of manage um this way of my brain working and what things I could I implement in. So he suggested things like cold showers and breath work and meditation, which is like meditation's torture for me, guys. I do it, a guided meditation, but if you just told me to sit still in a white room, like I'm not even capable, I'm not even capable, but cold showers and he suggested a whole bunch of vitamins and, and, pers- and like TED talks to watch and this to understand and these books. He sent me this whole resource list, which me as an overachieving ADHD woman is just like, yes, give me all the facts. Let me learn things. And he also gave me the appointment to go back to my GP and start on medication. Now I haven't been, I haven't started my medication yet. Um, which is ironic because it's kind of my superpower, my ADHD. It's, it's why I function so amazing with my work. My use for my medication is more my weekends is to be actually be able to slow my body down, slow my brain down, be present with my kids, do general life things like the food shopping and going to the chemist without 
feeling overwhelmed by everything and it ending up so much bigger in my brain than it actually is. So ironically, I don't need to seem to need Ritalin for my work days. My work days give me so much dopamine. I fucking love what I do. And I achieve 40 hours worth of work in four hours compared to another person. So he's like, take the medication on the days where you need to be more present in your body, where you don't necessarily need that like hyper focus. So I'm still experimenting with that on and off. I had to go to the doctor and the GP, Dr. George Strobel prefers his clients to have like a blood test and a urine test before to get like a base level before they start medication. Just so if medication does change anything or any side effects, we've got that baseline there, which I totally respect. Um, so I'm kind of waiting for those results to come back as well. And then just tailoring and really experimenting with the medication to find what is a good balance for me. And that's what we had to do for Holly when she started. Um, Dr. Kathy gave us uh, various pill amounts of her prescription. And it was basically, you know, try at 10 milligrams, try at 20, try at 30, try up all the way to 50. And we ended up trying different things and, you know, gauging how she felt and talking with school about how her participation was and finding a really healthy balance in the middle, middle with 30 milligrams. Um, so it's kind of going through the same process for me. Number one, figuring out how and when I want to use it. And then figuring out like how much of a dose do I want to use? What's the right thing for me and my body and my lifestyle as well? So when I got my diagnosis with Dr. George Strobel, he went through everything. He kind of gave me all these recommendations and things I should read and things I could do. He talked about medication and then he emailed me through my full report, which I was so happy about because it kind of gave me something on paper that said, yes, you definitely have this. And even when I was looking at the scoring, because I think they use it a couple of different types of scoring, like analysis and tests. And the two main ones, it's like something out of nine, you score something out of nine. And I was looking at that and it's like nine out of nine. And I went, okay, Shona, so you're not imagining it. You just scored a hundred percent for the two judging criteria for ADHD. And in the report, he just kind of broke down exactly where ADHD has affected my life, where it's clear to him, because it's obviously not clear to me, because it's just normal for me. And it was just so affirming and so validating and moving forward, really implementing strategies and techniques to maximize my strong points and then work on opportunities within my weaknesses, I guess. Um, I don't see my weaknesses as weaknesses. I'm a bit of a hyper cocaine squirrel. Um but it serves me in the right way. Like I achieved everything I've achieved by the age of 30 um, is just incredible when you look at what other people have achieved as well. So, you know, I don't want to completely dull my superhero powers, but I want to be able to sleep at night. I want to be able to shut off and watch a movie without having to also, you know, be writing a chapter in my book and watching a movie and scrolling on TikTok all at the same time. I want to be more present and mindful for my kids and reduce some of that anxiety. And it also linked back, I never knew that the, the eating disorder that I battled for the last 20 years is a big symptom of people with ADHD, like struggling and coping and, and the need to control and be perfect. Um, so that was a really interesting conversation as well, but that's kind of my diagnosis process, which I know everyone had lots of questions about and I wanted to share with you all. Um, that's how it kind of has. Now I have this official report, this official couple of page document that says, yes, she has it. This is the way that it affects her. And this is what we're doing moving forward. So I don't need to go back and see Dr. Strobel for another five years. I just get my medication prescribed through my GP. And luckily, after reading the report, the GP was very understanding. She's like, oh, you do? Okay, that's great. Let's get you some medication. I was like, thanks, bitch. You know, I could have told you that a year ago when you wouldn't give me the referral. But, you know, we're moving forward. 
we're moving forward. And I think the biggest thing I've gotten out of this whole journey, obviously validation, but it's given me so much more self-compassion. I think this is the thing people don't talk about is how ADHD and especially women and girls are so fucking hard on themselves because we try so hard to be perfect and it's a constant battle and things that exhaust us, but we push through to make sure it's perfect. I'm just giving myself like self-compassion is here. I'm a little bit kinder to myself. I'm a little bit gentler to myself. As a result of that, I'm less stressed. It's having a massive impact on my health and my life and my relationships just from diagnosis. So I understand that having an official diagnosis is, it's quite ableist and it's not accessible for everyone at this stage in their life. And, you know, it requires multiple GP appointments. It requires having someone to really believe you that this is something worth investigating. It requires either waiting six, 12 months on a public waiting list or having the funds to go through privately, you know, and it's always a decision. It's always a choice. And sometimes those choices are made really easy for us and sometimes they're really hard. But I just want to encourage you that if this uh, is part of a journey that you feel like you need to take and find out and investigate, um, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend um, Arcadian Health and Dr. George Strobel. I think he was a very balanced doctor with a lot of experience in this area. Um, And obviously he came with a lot of resources and expertise and a lot of compassion as well to what you're going through. Um, And I would say if you, you know, at first you don't succeed, if the first GP you see tells you you're just imagining it and how could you have ADHD, you're so successful, um, tell them to jam it where the sun doesn't shine and keep trying because this is the thing as well, doctors are human. Doctors are human. They all have biases and, and things and bad days. And, you know, you don't want their bad day or their bias to affect you pursuing what you know is true for you. So anyway, that's a little bit behind the scenes of my adult ADHD diagnosis at 31, um, prompted by my daughter's ADHD diagnosis at seven. And I'm learning a lot about myself. I'm learning a lot about her, about our relationships, about how we work together, um, And it's just been a really, really stressful at times, but also a really powerful and wonderful journey to be a part of. So I hope that helps. If you have any questions, feel free to ask in the comments, hit me up on Instagram, um, and hopefully I'll have a blog coming up about this too. It's just got to fit into the schedule. So yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mums Manifesting Wealth podcast series by Shoni Gates and Team Sexy Selfish. Please leave a like, comment, review and share and don't forget to subscribe. The more you share, the more people we can impact and the more awesome free content I can create for you all. If you're wondering where to go next or have some feedback for this episode, you can hit me up on Instagram at sexy underscore selfish or visit our website www.sexyselfish.com. We've got heaps of freebies there for you guys to check out as well. Thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day.